Hello and welcome to season three, episode one of Scott Survive Survivor. I am Brandon Weber, and today we'll be talking about episode one of Survivor Africa, Question of Trust. And Scott is here for another season, season three. Scott is still here surviving. And Scott, I want to let you know that if we ever share a can of beans... Uh, without anybody else knowing about it, I would not throw you under the bus as the person who decided to open the can of beans. We would share in the blame, or I would take it all. I appreciate that, and I would also like to join in with this bean pact with you. If we share a secret can of beans, it will it will not be uttered uh, of t- to anyone. We will both partake of the beans. Maybe equal portions, maybe not. It depends on who's more bean hungry. And I also will tell no tell no soul. No one will know. It'll be our bean secret. Yeah, but hopefully we'll have like better places to dispose of the beans than like a huge open area in Africa <laughs> somewhere. Uh, where we can where we can hide that empty can. Yeah. Oh yeah. I can't imagine any place uh, in Africa where you could hide a can of beans no i don't know definitely not here uh and we'll talk about where actually they are because we talked on our reunion episode last time about how they're just going to the whole continent of africa but they are in a specific place and so we can talk about that a little bit yeah uh, before we get into stuff that's happening during the episode uh but first i did want to bring in some stuff that kind of happened in the real time here between seasons two and three as they were airing and one of them is potentially like this this potentially might blow your mind uh which is that in 2001 in february from season one stacy do you remember stacy from season one yes okay i do remember her she was uh, and a bug-eating champion on the Tagi tribe who got voted out very early on. She yeah. actually filed a lawsuit against CBS that Dirk and Sean were persuaded by production to vote her off instead of Rudy. What? Yes, and they settled this case out of court. So I thought that you would be interested oh, to know that. They settled it out of court? Oh, no. That's... I'm not a lawyer, but doesn't that basically mean that CBS is like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. here's some money, just go away. Yeah, I think so, which Phew. is, uh, yeah, oh no, not great. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's kind of messed up, but I mean, if that is true, I mean, the season was better with Rudy than it would have <laughs> been with Stacy, so you know. Yeah, I think that's kind of the justification on production <laughs> side, but yeah, I think it's become pretty much like accepted that this is true and that it's what? just kind of the way that it is, and we have to live with it. But no, I don't think this is something that is like a recurring problem. Um, yeah, but I thought that that you deserve to know this because. Everybody knew that knew about this, so uh, I yeah, wonder how much money it was that I don't know she settled for. I don't know. Dang. Yeah. So that's one thing, uh, and then another interesting thing is there was a movie called The Animal with Rob Schneider. I don't think it was a very like popular, well-known movie, but Never Colleen Haskell starred in it from season one. So really, Colleen was in a movie. Is it? A cameo role because everyone knows the survivors or was she at, in it as an actress she's in it as an actress 
Whoa. I have not seen the animal, but I did find this in my research of the contestants. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it either, but I also don't think I can, in good conscience, recommend any Rob Schneider movie on this podcast or any podcast. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure about it. I don't really know too much about it. So who knows? Maybe I'll watch it someday. But uh, yeah, Colleen. <laughs> Wait, that's not true. Home Alone 2 is really good, and it has Rob Schneider in it. Mm, not Home Alone, like, 1? He's, no, he's he's a he's like he oh, works he, at a hotel. And, oh, he's the hotel too. guy. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got it. Cool. And then also, this episode is going to come out on January twenty second, which is Brandon Quentin, who we've just met. It's his birthday. So hey, happy birthday to Brandon. Happy birthday, other Brandon. Yes, it's going to be very confusing for me. So confusing talking about Brandon and Survivor versus myself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. So those are just some extracurriculars. Uh, before we get started on season three and i mentioned that we would talk about where this season is actually filmed it's not just all of africa it's actually just in (laughs) yeah it's actually just in kenya it's in kenya it's in kenya oh cool yes and it was filmed in 2001 from july 11th through august 18th and it was actually supposed to premiere before it did but this was 2001 and September 2001 was uh, the 9-11 attacks. And so Mm -hmm. the premiere actually got pushed back, I think, about a month to the beginning of October instead of in September. I can't believe we're still recording in 2001. This is the third season. Was the first season recorded in the year 2000? Yeah, first season was 2000. Second season was 2001. They know they've struck gold. They're just pumping them out as fast as they can. I actually think, um, yeah, this, uh, let me let me see. I think season two was filmed at the end of 2000, like, because the Olympics mm-hmm. had just happened that previous summer in 2000. So I'm pretty sure it was like, because they talk about Thanksgiving. So I'm pretty sure it was like end of 2000, but then it aired in 2001. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're still filming in 2001 and then we're airing in october so just some interesting things season three pushed back a little bit because of 9-11 uh unfortunately mm-hmm. and so yeah that's where we are in survivor history and this season starts out in a in a third different way than the first two seasons where we have everybody yeah. being driven uh through this kenyan village and everybody's like running after this like what, what they're being transported in and jeff is in there too doing his little spiel at the beginning of the season and a couple things that i took note of is his pronunciation of equator instead of equator we are carving a path along the equator equator yes and then also they are back to 39 days no more 42 day seasons oh i didn't even notice that wow yeah that was a one-time dealio. Yeah. Yeah, so wow. back to 39 days. Uh, we've got some new theme music to yes. match Africa, which I really enjoy this version of the song. Honestly, the music, since we're on that subject, throughout this episode, really, they really upped their game this season. I didn't hear a bunch of like misplaced techno tunes like in just the oddest of places. It really felt like they used dramatic orchestrated music that matched what was going on and yeah i really liked it i liked it in the the challenge as well yeah and 
Jeff is going to talk about like this climate and this region is going to be really, really hot, obviously 120 degree temps, he says, and there's hardly any water, which we will get to because the water situation is much different here than in the first two seasons. Oh my gosh. I couldn't, I was having trouble imagining, uh, it getting harder for the, the people after season two, but then, yeah, Jeff just started talking about the things they would have to do to survive. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Uh, I loved the intro though. It was, it's always really hyped and this was super hyped as well. I thought it was a little odd, like using human beings as B-roll, just like close-ups of like the locals felt a little, a little uncomfortable to me, but I don't know, maybe they got paid a bunch of money and everything's fine. Yeah, I really like all the B-roll with the animals, and I'm excited yeah. for that to keep going throughout the season because there are some phenomenal shots of the oh animals my gosh. In, this, in this area. So, Just incredible. I was pumped about that. Um, did you notice anything when when you saw the intro with all the players' names? You, didn't, you hadn't met them. You hadn't been introduced to them. Did anyone stand mm-hmm. out, or did you kind of oh. skip through to when they're actually being introduced by, uh, by Jeff? Yeah, I mean, I, I did watch it. I always uh, write down the names the uh, the first time I go through it. Uh, we have a soccer player here. That's Ethan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a couple bartenders. Am I? Am yeah, I we've got Silas that? is a bartender and Brandon is a bartender as well. Not me. I'm not a bartender. Other Brandon. Yeah, he, you're going to have to say that every time. Yep. The name Brandon comes up. Oh, yep. not me. Not me, Brandon. Yes. Uh yeah that's bartender just seemed like such a trendy job in the early 2000s uh i'm surprised they weren't all bartenders Mm -hmm. yeah we have uh two new tribes new tribe names samburu and baran baran and samburu samburu has both bartenders silas and brandon along (laughs) with we have two kims on the season uh one on each tribe Kim Powers is on Samburu. She is a freelance marketer. We've got Carl Balancioni, who is a father and a dentist. I noticed that everybody who's a parent, it was like they have their job and their status as a parent listed, Mm. which I thought was interesting. Like other people aren't like a son or like a brother and a bartender or whatever. (laughs) It's just uh, the the parents Mm. have to put put their parenthood in there. Yeah. We We have a couple mothers on uh samburu linda spencer and teresa cooper one linda is a career counselor and teresa is a flight attendant Mm. and then we have Lindsay richter who's an advertising account executive and frank garrison who's a father and telephone technician oh yes uh this is a super boring observation but i did notice that this this has to be the most like normal set of names that we've seen there's no like interesting spellings it's gonna be kind of uninteresting you know there's no maryland's where it's like where's the is it there an i and a y in here it's just frank linda kim you know like mm-hmm. really basic names in this one well two sixteenths of the cast is kim so that narrows it down significantly <laughs> that there's only 14 names left that's one eighth for all you fraction reducers at home yep yeah, so that's Samburu. They're going to be red. Uh, and then Baran has Ethan, who's a soccer player. Kelly Goldsmith, who's a research analyst. 
Tom Buchanan, who's a goat farmer and father. Goat farmer, yeah. That's a pretty cool job description there. And then we have other Kim, Kim Johnson, a grandmother and former school teacher. And she's only 57, so that's a pretty young grandmother. That's a young grandmother. Yeah. Congratulations, Kim. Yes. And uh, then we have Lex Vandenberg. Uh, a good thing they don't have to put last names on the voting parchment because you said that they wouldn't ha- have any trouble with spelling, but if they had to do the full <laughs> name, that might be tricky. Vandenberg, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and he's a marketing manager and father. And then we have Diane Ogden, our first boot, who is a U.S. mail carrier. So, Diane, thank you for all of your thank you, mail carrying service. Uh, I, if you're still carrying mail, I hope that this last year has been has been fine for you because it's kind of sucked for a lot of uh, mail mail carrying uh, experiences. I'm pretty sure. Man, yeah, carrying mail, you're kind of out in the sun a lot. Mm-hmm. You'd think she would have done a little better in this season. Yeah, well, and also she does a lot with navigation, and we'll, we'll get there, but she kind of <laughs> struggles with that role too. Yeah. And then we have Clarence Black, who is probably the most buff person we've ever seen, even more than, than Colby, uh player we've ever seen on the show. He's Incredibly a high school shredded. basketball coach. And then we have Jesse Camacho, who is a deputy sheriff. Pretty cool. Hmm. And I love the beginning when they all get dropped off and the uh, the local is like down, 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 down. Yelling and he's yelling at, him. at them all. And then he just says, have a nice day. <laughs> bye bye. Yeah. As soon as he gets back in the truck, uh, it's it was it, it was back to fun and games. And he was like, yeah, uh, yeah, that was hilarious. I have to imagine because he had a gun too it was terrifying yeah i I have to imagine production like paid him to do his lines and then when he was done he's like all right back to normal me where i'm just a nice person and yeah i greet people and say goodbye and all those things yeah i want i wanted more of this guy on the show like he seemed like he'd bring a lot of positive energy because there is uh gonna be a lot of negative energy with uh, the, the water situation and the beans situation on bronze so yeah, I really enjoyed this little like break from the struggle that they get at the beginning of the game. Yeah, uh, I would just like to contrast these this cast of players uh, from the last season. Just my initial impression of them. It seems like a way more interesting group of people, and that might seem crazy to say, but like I am having a way easier time in the first episode uh, putting names to faces. Yeah, and. I ex- I expect there to be a lot of drama uh, just from some of these people that I've seen so far. Yeah, I do think <laughs> we start the drama much earlier here than in previous seasons where, like, especially on um, Samburu on their way mm-hmm. to camp, it's kind of like Frank ordering everybody around and then, like, Lindsay and Kim Powers talking about, like, going to the mall and, like, boys being cute and stuff. So I liked that, you know, the difference in the attitudes of some of the players there. Yeah, and the first or the second season, the one we just watched, uh, it the beginning was so frantic. I remember noting that it was just like, like what's the rush? And I these this group of people has more of the attitude I would kind of expect with like the actual lack of uh, there being any time constraints. It's just you want to get to your 
camp before nightfall or whatever. Right. And first, they're going to have to pick from this group of items, like what they want to bring to camp. Mm -hmm. And the note that they read says that they'll need to farm because the animals around them are dangerous. And Tom throws in a line that says, We're going on a safari, not a garden adventure. (laughs) And then it says the camp water must be boiled, so they should bring all the water that they can from the from this you know first first stop and both tribes really mess this up where they either break the containers or they intentionally pour out the water and they immediately regret this when they get to their watering hole and see that it's not 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 much of a watering hole at all yeah it's it's mud puddles (laughs) yes yeah yeah and they don't know how to make fire yet so they're gonna struggle with that Mm -hmm. the uh watching them try to move everything and carry it was oh my gosh it was painful that it had to be planned by production to like give them the most annoying frustrating and tedious ways of transporting all the stuff because i think we probably got like five maybe different uh instances where they dropped what they were holding and it just fell on the ground they're like ah, oh i gotta get it oh no my bad yeah and we have a lot of pairings of people carrying these like stretcher things where one of them like silas has like giant shoulders and then he's carrying with brandon and brandon is like this relatively skinny guy and he's like well these things don't like my shoulders don't reach all the way to carry these posts the the way that you (laughs) do yeah yeah and baron starts out by dumbing out all their water or a lot of their water and they're like we're gonna get water you know no big deal I admired the strategy, even if it didn't pay off. Um, it did not pay off at all. <laughs> and Diane's going to try to lead them, but she is struggling a little bit to walk straight. Um, she's struggling with the directions. And Tom makes a great analogy to... I live on a farm, and the first sheep jumps in a hole, the rest of them follow. And Diane was that first sheep that was going the, like, the <laughs> wrong way or not knowing where to go, and they are all just following her. And here's where I noted that Clarence has, like, insanely cut abs. And I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I noticed his 16-pack immediately. He clearly has an ab for each survivor. And as the season goes on, they will slowly start to disappear, as the survivors do. Mm -hmm. And he is malnourished. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, Unless he can get his hands on enough beans secretly. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he's gonna be able to do that in secret anymore after this episode. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Samburu, Samburu, I talked about Brandon and Silas don't really make a good pair to carry this stretcher together because Silas wants to carry it on his shoulders, and Brandon can't. Um, Frank did not enjoy this walk to camp because these kids are acting like they're at the mall and they have lattes and they just want to he just wants to to get to the camp because they actually do have a task to complete once they get to camp which is to yeah like set up their their uh their boma uh which we haven't seen before they're gonna live in like a thorny branchy mud uh like circle basically to prevent Mm -hmm. the predators from getting in so this is like real and they're really out where predators it's terrifying. Can be. Yeah. That's so terrifying. <laughs> yeah. And Lindsay uh, is unfortunately experiencing something that's going to make the beginning of this game rather tough with the cramps that comes with Lindsay uh, being on her period. 
So mm. very unfortunate there for Lindsay, but it's a 39. Thanks for letting us all know though, Lindsay. It's a 39 day game. You know, there's enough time for everybody to eventually have to deal with this situation. So unfortunately, Lindsay, mostly the women though. Yeah. Everybody, all eight women. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Brandon thinks that Frank is being, not being compassionate and he's just being too hard on everybody, which I have to agree. This is like, like you said, Scott, this is day one of a we lot. We just started. Yeah. Have some yeah. fun. Like, hasn't he seen Survivor? Don't be the BB. Don't start <laughs> off as the BB. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then uh, Baran gets to their tribe sign first. Well, at least we're shown them getting there first and clarence is gonna have a tribe handshake which comes back in the the rest of the episode when he gets into a spat with tom about the beans thing and samburu also gets their flag and frank's still yelling at them he's like come on like i can see it go faster and they're just like relieved that they've made it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and then frank is asked by carl what branch he was in in the military and Frank Frank says he was in the American branch. It's He's in the American freedom. branch. It's called freedom. Yeah, that's a great line. Uh, I don't know if it's the greatest comeback ever to uh, <laughs> to being made fun of for acting like a drill sergeant, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. I hope we get a lot more out of Frank. Mm-hmm. And they have mail already, which is the earliest we've seen them have mail. Mm, is that a fact? I think. I mean it's like in there before they even get to camp so i think that's i think that's fact and they have to fix their the rest of their boma fence because it's going to protect them and then it says they also need to keep a fire burning all night which they both fail at for the first two nights here so maybe that's not as important but uh the fence definitely important to get them an enclosed space and they also have to have two people stay awake at all times to watch out for predators which we haven't seen before. Oh my gosh, yeah, adding shifts into it. Like, is that actually required? Are they just saying, like, you should do this if you're smart? I don't know. I mean, they immediately start talking about, like, yeah, I'll take first watch or whatever. Like, I think they Mm -hmm. take it pretty seriously. So I think for all intents and purposes, it's pretty required. What was the reason for having the fire all night? Uh, There was a reason. I think, well, maybe it just, like keeps the predators at bay maybe a little bit i don't know maybe it's all to do with just precautions against the animals that are in this environment yeah they might get a lot of fires in their woolies this season though (laughs) yes and then they need to boil their water which becomes very obvious i don't think they really needed to put this in the in the note i think anybody would boil that water before drinking it (laughs) yeah and they're going to share the water with the local animals, so they really need to be careful about how much time they spend there and like sending as many people there as possible to uh, protect themselves. So that's mm. very interesting. It's terrifying. This yeah. is they really did up the stakes this season, and I love it. Yeah, especially because you didn't expect them to. Yeah, I I was just like, how can they? How can it get worse than a river? How about like just wild animals and poisonous water and yeah having to have people up all night Ugh. yeah yep and linda doesn't appreciate some of the way that the younger people on samburu are like 
making fun of some or what she takes as making fun of the Samburu language and culture of Africa because she, you know, mother, Africa is Mother Africa. And, you know, this is where like she started. This is where we started as people. So she's not appreciative of the way that they're kind of. I don't know. I think they're talking about like they're they're talking about tampons and they're like making it into like a samburu word or something. And she mm. doesn't she doesn't really like that attitude that they have. Yeah, I would say uh, who's this? That was Linda. Linda. That was yeah. Linda. Linda. I think it's cool if she has these teaching moments, but maybe just save it for the camera because it she she will be ganged up on if she starts correcting people about being disrespectful or being more respectful to the local culture yes and so they they get to their water source and they're very surprised by it's how disgusting. awful it is it's terrible and both tribes really have the same situation as far as the water goes like it's both they're both gross they are mixed with mud it's really just like whatever puddles are left from like a rain a rainstorm it looks like um yeah i really like the idea of just like the scouting uh process for survivor because there's probably like pretty nice water sources in africa but they're like where can we go where the only water source within like a hundred miles is just so nasty and nobody wants to drink anything from it they're like, oh, this is the perfect spot. This is the spot. Yeah. <laughs> There's lions here. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and they're gonna try to make a fire because they need more water because most of their water was lost, and they get really frustrated with it and they can't really do it. They don't even get fire until they win the immunity challenge. We don't even see either tribe make fire in this episode. Mm -hmm. Oh no, we do. Sorry, I'm I'm I missed. Uh, I forgot. Yeah, I think one of them does awesome. fire. Yeah, it's pretty mm -hmm. cool. But yeah. but now they're struggling. And Frank has a line here about he spent nine months of softness in the womb. Everything else everything else after that is hard. So mm -hmm. he is getting really, really into this fire building process. <laughs> oh, he's into it. Yeah. But what a weird thing to say. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Frank. I can't wait for more Frank stuff. Yeah. Could Frank be the Colby with uh, the quotes in mm -hmm. this season? Maybe. Maybe he will. We'll see. Uh, we didn't mention, I don't think, the uh, the gourd water being ruined for whatever reason. Yeah, I think that is about to happen on... Um, oh, did I skip I forward? I think that's about to happen on Baran, maybe? Uh, okay. Oh, yes. No, this is Samburu. Their, their cat broke off of one of their gourds, and so it just started tasting really nasty. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's just like... It said it turns into turpentine. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't know what that is either. Yeah, it doesn't but, sound yeah, tasty. Was, it does not sound tasty. No. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that you're right. That was Samburu. They lo They broke their gourds, or like it went bad. So they're just really <laughs> struggling with the water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Baran is having a little bit more fun with the water, specifically mm -hmm. Tom. Um. But Jesse first is not feeling well. She's like throwing up already, and her yeah. lips are really chapped. You, I think, noticed like BB's lips really chapped in season one, and Jesse's lips are like very chapped right here, and she's just really yeah. struggling. They had like what what fifteen seconds of lip chap licking B roll, and after she was talking about being dehydrated, mm -hmm. and it just shows close ups of. of 
just about everyone doing these huge uh, lip licks. Mm -hmm. Just let your lips go, people. That's precious water. Don't waste it. <laughs> They're going to be dry deserts. It's going to happen. Let it happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Tom and Ethan are trying to make a deeper section of water so that they can more easily fill these containers with more water and less mud. And I think they do a pretty good job, it seems, that they're able to like clear out some of the mud so they can get like one of the caps in there and just fill it that way. Um, and then Tom is singing and he's pretending to be an elephant and playing around <laughs> in the water. So he, he's he's trying to, you know, become one with, with the animals in this area. Yeah. And then we get a quote from Lex about if the water isn't boiled, you end up with what they call amoebic dysentery, which basically has you puking and crapping your guts out. So hopefully mm. that doesn't happen to anybody here. I'm glad we had Lex there to just describe to everybody what would happen if they actually did drink the water there in, in very uh, graphic terms. Yes. And now we go back to Samburu, and I had forgotten about this, but they notice that they have a telescope which has a little, little glass and Kim Powers is like, I think we can use this to start fire. Right. And she and Silas work like super hard to get this fire started. And he's like right in there breathing in the smoke. And she's like, <laughs> be careful. Like you're going to breathe in the smoke. And they finally do get a little spark and they're able to get a fire going. Yeah. Yeah. That What an inventive way to start a fire. I'm sure that's kind of part. They, I, I just have to imagine uh, when they included telescopes as something you could bring uh, that they were thinking about. Well, if, there might be really clever people that open this up and figure out you can use that magnifying glass to light things aflame. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, the smoke comments is, I guess that's probably in reference to Mike from the previous season inhaling the smoke. Yeah. I think the stakes were way less higher here because he would have just fallen, you know, his face would have went into the, this, the dirt, but you know, it's, it's just good practice. Don't breathe in the smoke too much. Yeah. It's still good practice to probably like turn your head when you're breathing in potentially would be yeah. a good takeaway for Silas here, but they do get fire and they're really pumped up. And Frank, I noticed that Frank immediately starts like trying to keep the fire going and everybody else is like celebrating and dancing. Yeah. <laughs> so I think they're yeah. lucky Frank was there to like make sure that they kept it for a little bit while they're all yeah. like celebrating and going crazy. We're not lucky, though, because how incredible would that have been if they're just dancing around in a circle and behind them, the fire just we're watching it extinguish. You know, the cameramen are getting real close on the fire as it's going out. Yeah. Getting a good shot of everybody dancing and also the fire uh being extinguished by the wind yeah well we've only known frank for a little bit but i find it hard to see frank in a celebration circle with the rest of his tribe mates as like the fire is going out so that's yeah they don't in his character yeah they don't do that in the american branch no they don't um but brand still has no fire and so they can't get any water so they're gonna go around and share a can of cherries and this is kind of strike one against Clarence, unfortunately, where uh, they're supposed to each take one cherry and then pass the can around. <laughs> but 
some of them noticed that Clarence, especially Ethan, talks about noticing Clarence took mm-hmm. two cherries when he was only he supposed took to two take cherries. One. Yeah, um, I don't know. I it seems so petty to me. It's a cherry. You're not gonna get like anything out of it. It's gonna be like sugar and it's, I guess, a little fiber. But it's like, I don't know. It's like such a small thing if i saw someone do that i would not be upset at all just be like all right he's getting two cherries that's fine especially for me it's like not everybody on the show is the same size right and so like you might get full from less food Mm -hmm. than this person who's like clearly like his life is you know working out and like eating well and eating a lot and he's a bigger guy so yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, Ethan is a professional athlete, so that's kind of int- like an interesting perspective too, because he probably has like mm-hmm. a good diet as well. Yeah, but, but he's, he's a, a soccer guy. player. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Most soccer players are un- under a hundred pounds, or so I've heard. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one cherry fully nourishes him for a day. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of like their first look at uh, Clarence might be taking more food than he should, based on what they decided as a tribe. And then we're going to go to the first immunity challenge and they're going to have to light towers with a torch. Pretty much every first immunity challenge has been something related to fire and lighting stuff because Mm -hmm. fire is always the first reward in addition to immunity where they, uh, you know, they need to play, play for that, that fire. I think it's Flint here again. And, Really, since Samburu already has fire, they just want to prevent Baran from having fire for one more day. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also get to keep one of the carts that they're going to use during the challenge to push, that they're going to need to push through like obstacles and through the course to uh, keep like the flame that they are going to have to use to light the other torches lit. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff shows them the immunity idol and... Basically, Baran is leading for most of this challenge, and Clarence does a great job, like running up this cliffside. Basically, yeah. And what an awesome shot of him just sprinting up this like it looked like seventy degrees. It's probably uh, like twenty, if that. Yeah, probably is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it looked awesome, and Baran is still ahead. And then everybody is falling over for a little bit. There's a couple like a minute or so where people are just coming crashing down at like super high speeds it yeah very I, painful i noticed first of all this challenge is awesome i love the flames I, it was a little it made me a little nervous that uh they had flames i'm just like this it looks this the landscape looks like you could have a spark and then there'd be a like a mile long brush fire for the next few hours but they seemed i, I guess they probably had water on like nearby where they could extinguish anything that happened like that but yeah ethan especially was falling over a lot which i noted because uh he is a soccer player and as we all know or maybe we don't soccer players at the slightest touch will flop onto the ground and uh call to the rep as though they've been horribly wronged and that the offending player must be carded so i have to imagine a lot of that dna was uh we were witnessing as he was uh throwing himself on the ground do you think repeatedly. he was do you think he was yelling to jeff like red card yeah throw them out and jeff is just he's probably got his hands up like what it's a cart ethan we can't <laughs> you're pulling your own cart man <laughs> you're, this is you yeah 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, but everybody's falling over, so I'll give Ethan a little bit of the benefit <laughs> of the doubt here. Uh, they're all just crashing into these obstacles and falling over. Um, and then they light the last torch, and I I think Diane might have, or yeah, I think Diane might have thought that it was over because she just kind of like lays down for a little bit in relief. Mm -hmm. um, but then she has to get up, and uh, Samburu pulls ahead, and they're going to end up uh, winning the first challenge after being behind for most of it. Yeah. Diane is really struggling. I feel like we always have at least one or two people that just didn't really know what they were getting into. And you can really see uh, just being out in the wild, really taking a toll on, on them. And it's kind of painful to watch, but it, it really does help strengthen the idea of Survivor as being like it's an actual survival challenge and mm -hmm. not everyone can do that. Yeah. Yeah. She's not, she, her eyes are like rolling back a little bit and they're like, mm -hmm. you know, Diane, you got to stay awake. You like talk about your kids, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like yeah. stay with, stay with us, Diane. This is day two, Diane. Is, yeah. This is, yeah, this is early on. So she only needed to make it one more day. It turns out, but, uh, mm. she, she did get there. Um, Maybe thanks to the beans that she's about to consume. Um, <laughs> oh boy! And they, Baran, after this challenge, asks Jeff, like, "Do we get do we get fire after tribal council?" And he's like, "You get fire tomorrow night, but it's gonna cost you somebody. So Ooh. <laughs> they have to sacrifice somebody to get that fire." <laughs> That's great. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they could try to negotiate. Like, we will we won't take fire, but we don't we don't want to get rid of anybody yet. I wonder if he would take that, take them up on that. I don't think Jeff would ever take them up on that. He would eject somebody himself if he yeah. had to. Yeah. Um, we go to day three on Baran. I think we don't see anything from Samburu the rest of the episode because a lot is going to happen on Baran while... Full drama mode. While six of them go to get water, uh, Clarence stays back to take care of Diane, and he... He he offers like I can come with you or I can stay back and take care of her and they say no like we got it you stay back with her and they talk about being worried that he might be eating more of their food <laughs> I don't know if this this could have been interviews after the fact mm -hmm. like oh yeah we were worried about it um, but we hear from them that they're worried about it before we actually see what happens and when they come back Clarence is like walking out to like greet them earlier than like when they get back into the boma which is kind of clue number one that something might not be up it's like uh you try to meet the people as as far out as possible to like delay them like coming back and seeing what you did while they were gone yeah and tom smelled something when he uh -oh. gets greeted by clarence and it didn't smell good i think is what he says <laughs> yeah uh, Tom's whole attitude here really got to me. It was so annoying the whole time with his, the way he was talking to Clarence was just really demeaning and, and really disrespectful and taking it way out of proportion for what, uh, needed to be said, which is just like, Hey man, like those are our beans. Mm -hmm. We eat that. We decide to eat them together. And, but yeah, he was like acting like Clarence, like, I don't know ran into his house with his car or something yeah he basically talks to diane and he's like 
you know, did you all like eat anything or did like, did you, what'd you do while we were gone? And she basically, you know, talks about that they ate a can of beans. And then he is talking to us and says that Diane said she needed something to eat to get her strength up, which she's going to contradict and say that he was the one who suggested that they open the can. Um, and then Tom is going to confront Clarence and yeah, they're going to have like this kind of, he said, she said with like what happened with this can of beans. And, uh, you know, he said he opened it for her, but then mm -hmm. he did have some. So like, it's, you know, I think it could, if he had just let her have it and didn't eat any, then th it would be a lot better for him. But oh, yeah. I get it. I mean, the bean can is there. You might waste them if you don't the eat The beans it, are so. open. Yeah. He needs to protect his ab. He said it was a it's judgment call. And Tom says it was bad damn judgment. Um, mm. And then he's he's really yelling at him. And this is, yeah, this is a hard scene to watch for me as well. Just the stuff about, Ethan says if he did that in the army, he'd be kicked out. And then... Tom says they would shoot you, yeah. and he said if it, oh my I'd gosh. shoot you if I had a gun, I'd still be shooting. So it's it's rough stuff from Tom, and there's definitely some like racial undertone or overtones there. With yeah, Tom it made me so Clarence. uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and also let's just make a couple corrections here. They would not shoot you <laughs> if you ate food out of turn in the military. Yeah. They wouldn't shoot you. What? You're a precious commodity to the military. Yeah. Uh, they, they're not going to kill you because you ate a few beans. Uh, and yeah, threatening to... What's up, what's up with that? That's crazy. Just threatening to murder him, basically. Like, I would shoot you. What? Yeah, yeah maybe oh he's gosh. just like... They told him, like, be as hyperbolic as possible with every single thing you say on this whole show so that you'll get on TV or he wants to do that. But... In the moment, in moments like this, you're kind of just saying what you would say, like, in real life, I think. Um, yeah. So, yeah, kind of sucks there. I think Lex is pretty, like, good here about, you know, we need to build trust again. Like, he's very reasonable with it all. Like, mm -hmm. Clarence apologizes to everybody, and Lex is like, you know, we need to rebuild trust, and we have to vote somebody out, and this was a bad, this was a bad day to do this. Um, Diane is saying that she never asked for food. And Clarence is like, no, like, what are you talking about? So she might be trying to save herself that she sees the writing on the wall. I feel like Diane uh, comes across as really bad here, too, just because I really feel like she was being pretty dishonest. And she's like, well, even though he helped me out with the bean situation, uh, everyone else is ganging up on him. So might as well lean in so he gets kicked off and not me. Yeah. And then Tom says another problematic thing about the, the handshake that Clarence was teaching them, he says, yesterday, you know, basically you were teaching me that jive thing. And today you shake my way man to man when we shake hands. So, yeah, not great here between Tom and Clarence. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, they're going to have to vote somebody out. And yeah, this is it's kind of like now we know it's either going to be Clarence who gets voted out or Diane. And we're going to go to tribal yeah. council. It seemed pretty obvious it would be uh, Clarence to me, so I was I was really surprised at the outcome there. Yeah, I'm I'm glad it was not Clarence because mm -hmm. I think Clarence got 
a raw deal with being the one who stayed back and it's like nobody really knows what happened they they really would have loved he really would have loved to have a third party to stay back and be like kind of the arbiter here yeah. because i do think that she probably did ask like i really need something like right now and then he's mm -hmm. like well i'm gonna like we we're opening it we got to eat it so i'm gonna help you a lot of people showed uh aspects of their character here and i feel like clarence definitely did not look the worst out of all the people i was seeing so yeah i think he's definitely like yeah he's definitely ahead of at least two people here mm -hmm. um, so yeah unfortunate for clarence they're gonna go to tribal what did you think of the new tribal council setting anything notable uh still a lot of fire love mm -hmm. that yeah <laughs> They're in, I think, like, it, it, a, an extra large Boma, which I liked, that, like, they just have this oh. giant thing where they have all these structures in the middle. So I, I liked that. You don't want to get lioned in the middle of Tribal Council. No. No, the sacrifice is not supposed to be to an animal. It's supposed <laughs> to be just out of the game. Yeah, nope. but we have to imagine as soon as they walk away and are interviewed, the lions then take them <laughs> from... Well, we'll see at the reunion. <laughs> we'll see at the reunion if any of them were taken by lions afterwards. But uh, hopefully, <laughs> okay. yeah. Um, Jesse is going to talk about you know when they get back to camp, they need to boil water all night. They just need to stay up all night and drink water together. Uh, that's mm -hmm. not typically the beverage that people drink when they stay up all night uh, together. But for the survivors, <laughs> that's what they need to do. Drinking boiled water is a celebration mm -hmm. in uh, Survivor. <laughs> yes. And Diane, he, he brings up Diane as like, you pretty much were out of it in the challenge. Like You sucked, Diane. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about that. <laughs> and, you know, she says she was out of gas. Um, mm -hmm. And then they talk about the incident with Clarence and Diane because he first talks about how great everything's been. He's really enjoyed his time with this group. And I'm like, he is so big for like saying stuff like that after the way that some of them were talking yeah. to him. Um, and he says, you know, especially with what happened today, you know, it's it sucks and I feel horrible. And, you know, then he's going to be interrogated about this. And he hopes that his tribe forgives him for opening the, the beans. Um he says that he wouldn't feel so bad if these were just strangers, but he's he feels close enough with them that he really feels horrible about it. So that that's also big of him, I think, to feel close to them or at least say he does. And Tom's, he's also probably panicking a little bit here, like, oh, my gosh, these people are going to vote me off. Please, oh, my gosh. I just yeah. need to say something nice to them. I mean, with Clarence, with the way Clarence looks, he would never anticipate being the first one voted out. And so he's like, oh, man, how am I in a position <laughs> yeah. where they might vote me out? Like, I'm supposed to be like Colby, you know, like carrying my tribe. Right. But, uh, yeah, they might vote him out. Tom says he forgives, but he doesn't forget. I hate that. Mm -hmm. He said, I think he had a weak moment. Uh, yeah, just basically, I don't know. It seems really almost poor sportsman like to like call your vote like that in the the first tribal council i don't know yeah and then we're gonna get to the vote uh diane is gonna vote for clarence she said he was kind of deceitful to me plus you <laughs> called me a liar which i did not appreciate at all since i'm not one mm. 
Okay. <laughs> All right, Diane. All right, Diane. We found a person who never lied in her life. Here's before we go on with talking about the votes. They must have filmed this whole situation with the beans. They wanted it to be a he 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 said she said situation where we have to pick sides. They they have it probably exactly in its entirety what happened down mm-hmm. to like things people mumbled and whispered to each other yeah uh, yeah i wonder yet... if on the like there is a recap episode in this season i wonder if we'll get some extra scenes from this when we get there <laughs> i don't actually know I I, I I don't i don't typically watch the uh recap episodes i have to imagine neither party is being 100 percent honest yeah I think it's so tough in a game like this to get to the bottom of a story where it's like directly going to relate to who gets voted off most likely. Mm-hmm. So I think not in this case. I think they would have voted off Clarence if they didn't think they needed to keep his strength. What I don't like uh, as well is the this this is the voting confession. This is Diane's chance to come clean to the world and tell us what really happened. Like it's it's whatever. It's a game. If you lied, you lied. But like you can tell us here and like mm-hmm. tell us what really happened. Be like, yeah, I got to vote Clarence off because uh, everyone else is ganging up on him, and I lied, by the way. You know? Yeah. Well, each of them sticks to their their guns here yeah. in the voting confessional, so it doesn't provide any clarity. No. Um, a Clarence Clarence City. Uh, if I can put those words together, but... I wasn't forced at all, Brandon. Great no. job. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Ethan votes for Diane. She's clearly the weakest. They need Clarence to help them win some challenges. And then Tom votes for CB, Clarence Black. And uh, yeah, we wanted someone who is strong, yet, but yet he is weak. Uh, our tribe will do what it takes to win, but we'll do it with our head high. We will not weaken. It's really bad to have a rivalry like this appear already on a team yeah especially since clarence is going to be moving on <laughs> yeah and then clarence has uh, drops the bomb on diane and says you lied on me for no reason i can't forgive you and then he said i i feel bad because i said you were like my mother and you're nothing <laughs> like my mother <laughs> what has happened these past two days he's already telling people that you're like my mother yeah and and then hitting them with that you're nothing like my mother like that's the line you drop on someone after like months and you're like you've never you would never like her but it's been like it's been 48 hours clarence that's heavy stuff (laughs) this is like at the end of a movie when like the the villain is like a, a like lady and then the person's like you're i thought i knew you you're nothing like my mother yeah, yeah. i don't know i can't I've wait seen, to see what I don't dramatic know lines we get like that. <laughs> oh yeah but i imagine it would be like that um <laughs> jeff's gonna read the votes and we got two votes for clarence and six votes for diane so diane's gonna be the first one out and jeff says you know you you have to do some mending as a tribe because it didn't sound good what they talked about here that they're already having fights yeah jeff is so right here like mm-hmm. he's telling him like guys you just started like pulled together yeah uh diane has no regrets it was a lot tougher than she thought it was going to be it's real tough mm-hmm. i mean that i feel like that is the first honest thing we've gotten from diane just mm-hmm. saying like yeah this is like way harder than i thought it would be uh yeah. 
Yeah, we get scenes from next episode. Uh, seems like it's boys, potentially boys against girls at Baran, because mm-hmm. Kim Johnson says you know they could just decide that they can vote all of the women off and they'll have the four guys. <laughs> and then uh, at Samburu, they notice that Silas seems to be playing both sides and trying to get in with everyone. So Silas, some interesting things coming up next week. Wow great first episode i'm i'm so excited to see the drama that unfolds for us with these cast members Mm -hmm. yeah i was very excited for you to get to these uh these boma living conditions and this water this this water source which is so awful and so i'm glad that we've made it here and you now know what these uh contestants in survivor africa are gonna have to deal with i kind of want to start calling it survivor kenya but uh in the (laughs) It to be official, it's Survivor Africa. I wish they would have named it Survivor Kenya, though. I think that's that's yeah. cooler and more appropriate. So, mm. yeah. um, Scott, anything else from episode one, or are you ready to make oh boy. your third winner prediction? You got some oh. advice from Maggie in yeah. our reunion. Someone what do you think in here? Oh my gosh! So I, I mean, I've been thinking the whole time we've been talking about who I'm going to pick, and I'm just racking my brain because it is so very hard to pick somebody when i don't even know who everybody is but that's the name of the game here uh there's definitely a few people i can eliminate immediately i i don't think tom could ever win this game uh frank i frank neither i just think he they're too unpopular uh clarence has an uphill battle i want to pick him i want him to be my guy but I just feel like he has such an uphill battle on Boron. Uh, I like that, you know, Silas is clearly playing the game at, uh, based on this uh, preview for the next episode. He's playing both sides, but that's not flying under the radar. That's that's flying right there where everyone can see you. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pick Brandon. I'm going, well, I'm not going to pick Brandon. <laughs> I was oh, like, oh, oh no. my gosh. You didn't lock it in, did you? No. <laughs> okay. Um, Oh man, it's really hard. I I don't I I think I can eliminate Ethan as well because because he's a soccer player and he's always flopping and people aren't going to respect that. <laughs> I think that I will pick Teresa on Teresa Samburu. All right, Teresa Cooper, mother and flight attendant from Jackson, Georgia. Winner pick number three for Scott. You got this, Teresa. Please. Yes. How, what's your level of confidence there? Like, do you feel oh. like she is long for this game for sure? Like, are you are you going like safe, or are you going like you're just going for it all, Teresa? She's got it. You, she seems like a Tina. Is that is that is that what you <laughs> is that what you're going for? Oh, that was my first thought when seeing her on the screen. Was she's she's going to be the Tina of this game. So I have to admit that that does play into it a bit. She just seems really smart too. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like she seems like she's a teacher. So she has, wait, it, no, she's not. No, but she did teach us things. She taught, she will teach us things maybe. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, I think, I think that, uh, Tina was also a flight attendant at one point. So oh. they do share a similar job description. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. we'll see. Cool. 
Teresa Cooper, winner pick number three. We'll see how it goes. And I think that your best winner pick so far lasted to episode six. So we'll see. We'll track that also. See what your how how long your best winner pick lasts in these <laughs> seasons. So, well, I had so much fun talking about episode one yes. of season three, and it's good to be back We're for back. another season. This time we took our break in between the finale and reunion of a season so we're jumping right into season three we barely take any time off between yeah yeah feels like we just recorded our last episode (laughs) it does feel like that doesn't it yes uh well we will see you all back here next week for episode two follow us on twitter at ss survivor pod if you haven't already um got some good stuff over there we'll probably have a new season three logo for our profile over there can't wait to see that that's exciting And uh, until episode two, we'll see you here next time. Take care. See ya. See ya.